It's episode eight. Should you do year-round school with your son? Each and every year, it seems my son is relearning what he forgets over the summer. I mean, he takes close to a six-week period just to catch up. I've been thinking about year-round school because his frustration level gets that high. But I don't want to be that kind of parent. My kid needs some break time so he can hang out with his cool friends. Sound familiar? Well, we'll cover what we did and how we fixed that so that his frustration was level was fixed for good. That's coming up on the Teacher Son, Episode 8. Hi, I'm Jeff Siblick, your host. Excited to be here for another Teacher Son podcast. Welcome, or welcome back. I have my lovely wife here. Along with this one, yay, Jennifer! Hi, everybody! Thanks for sitting in with us. As usual, we'll go through a quick recap of the past episode. The last episode, we talked about meltdown. We talked about how we used ABA therapy tricks to help through that. One of them was called the powwow. So if you're interested in that, you can check out that episode. Then we followed that up real quick when we talked about how autism and math sometimes don't mix. And we talked a good deal about being honest and some strategies and confessing how you maybe struggled with math or you were a whiz with math and being completely honest with your son at that time and what the experts suggested and we looked over what worked with our son and that pretty much takes care of episode seven so if you're interested in that math question we'll get going to that you can go over this podcast now let's jump into the listener question and it's everyone's favorite the listener's question today was, do natural foods help your son on the spectrum with mood and concentration? What do you think, Jen? Okay, so I went down the rabbit hole on this one. <laughs> and way back before we knew Joshua had autism, we knew that, that he had something wrong, but they kept misdiagnosing him as ADHD. So they put Joshua on this stimulant medication, and of course, I'm a researcher, and I like to research a lot of things, and so I went down the internet rabbit hole and found myself reading up on food and how it can affect your overall health and mental state. Now, there aren't any real clinical research that says that food will cure ADHD or ADD that I could find. There are vitamins out there that will say, yeah, we can help your child focus better with these vitamins or there's certain oils or things that you can do holistically that will help your child's attention span or mood so i for a couple of years mm-hmm. to- kind of fe- felt like i was torturing joshua with trying all kinds of things on him So I removed all sugar from his diet. I removed high fructose corn syrup and we removed food dyes and processed foods. And this poor child was miserable because what happened was you could see a noticeable difference at first. But then the moment he would have a birthday party with friends or family and he had to leave the house. With his own little birthday cake. That's it. And he had to eat whatever I brought to a party. 
Well, that just was the big Debbie Downer. <laughs> Debbie Downer. Okay. I mean, who wants to go to a birthday party and say, no, I can't have your cake because I'm on some weird diet. Yeah, talk that about we, being a pain. <laughs> and it wasn't like the doctor put him on the diet. We were just trying it, and the poor kid was miserable. I may have seen a little bit of a difference, but it wasn't enough significant difference to say, for me to tell you that, yes, it was working for him. Because it wasn't. Now, I will say that I wasn't, and everybody's different with their kids as far as medication. Some use stimulants. Some don't use stimulants. We don't use stimulants on Joshua. He takes a non-stimulant. We did start him on a stimulant. He lost a lot of weight. He had all the side effects that you would normally get from a stimulant. And we took him off and we put him on a non-stimulant and that was the game changer. That's when we noticed that he was focusing. Now, we do eat healthy in our home. Overall, we're very mindful of what we buy. We don't drink Cokes. We don't eat processed foods. I love to cook for my family, so it just works for me to be able to buy everything fresh and make for my family because I just feel like that's better for us. A lot of crock pots. We do a lot of crock pot meals right now because it's summer and it's hot and we're here in Texas. But we don't eat a lot of things that come in a box and we mm -hmm. certainly don't go down the freezer section unless we're buying ice cream and that's about the extent of the processed food. Of the processed food is ice cream. Ice cream. That's it right now. Popsicles and we try to get the popsicles without the food dyes or the color, you know, food colorings. Overall, he does if he gets stuff, it's because he got it at somebody else's house or he was out to eat, something like that. Now you can tell a difference. If he's over at somebody else's house and they have processed foods and he eats them a lot or while he's dies. there, he will come back and he will be a totally different child. Yeah. And I wild. just wild, crazy, unfocused child, but within about twenty four hours he's back to normal. Yep. So that that's my take on on the whole thing about food. Would I put child put would I recommend that for others? No. Do what you can. Hole. It was going down the rabbit home. Do what you think is right for your child. We all know that for good overall health is to eat very healthy fruits and vegetables, lessen your carbs, uh, and just, you know that the processed foods aren't good for you anyway. So, you know, you know what's right and what's wrong and what you need to do. I mean, I will say that for the most part, I did see the high fructose corn syrup being out of his diet as a as a big plus. Yeah. I remember when he was addicted in daycare to the chicken fingers and the mm -hmm. ketchup. And then when we got him back on the natural food, he didn't even know what it should taste like. So I thought that was interesting that right away that the natural versus the artificially sweetened food was that much different. Yeah. But overall, yeah, I would agree. I think that there's some kind of manipulation going with talking only about natural food and that you can cure autism or ADHD or ADD with natural food. I think that medicine does that. Now, I will say that I'm uh, sensitive to certain foods because I have Crohn's disease and I eat a gluten-free diet and my doctor didn't prescribe that diet to me. I just happened to stumble upon, stumble it. upon it and I tried it for 30 days and my symptoms got better and I got well and I got put in remission. And some people will swear, some people that I know that have Crohn's disease will swear that that doesn't work for me. It's all about, it's 
up to you if you want to try the diet on your children. Yeah, try the gluten-free. See what happens. I've heard that some people have put their uh, kids on, uh, autism kids on a gluten-free diet, and they thought that worked. You know, it's up to you how much you want to put, want to go through with your kids, and is it worth the fight that you're going to ultimately get in the long run? For us, it wasn't worth it because it was always a struggle, and it was always me feeling guilty about Joshua. <sighs> having to go to birthday parties or to his family members and having to say, no, thank you. I can't have that. I want him to be able to live his life and enjoy being a kid because he's only got one. So that's my take on it as, uh, as a boy mom. That's what I do. Okay. So great question. If you have another question about that or want to follow up with that, we definitely do that. Uh, you can just shoot us an email at emailteachyourson at gmail.com. So that address again is emailteachyourson at gmail.com. Alrighty, now let's get to the fix of Josh's school frustration with ta-da! Year-round homeschool. Yeah, we know we, we'll get right to your questions. So if we don't cover them after the show, just shoot us an email. You ready to do this, Jen? Yeah. All right. The year-round school question. Yes. We, we are, are those, those parents. Kind of parents. We are those kind of parents, people. <laughs> so I get this a lot when I'm seeing people out, and I'm with Joshua Church, out with other friends, out with other homeschooling friends, out with friends that have kids in public school. It's like, ooh. It's summer. Uh, what are y'all doing this summer? And I'm like, kick <laughs> right off to we're still doing school. We do school year round. And so we have fun, as much fun as we can during the summer, but we are not with everybody else in the state of Texas or the United States when it comes to school. So we're going to go get into the why, the what, the when, the where, and the how. So we're going to start out with why why did we choose year-round school for joshua and that gets back to exactly what we were talking about before with a little bit of a twist his neurologist said that joshua was having trouble with short-term memory now i know we talked about it before in the last podcast how sometimes your autistic son can have this great memory for things that he's really into but academic learning's a little different and we knew that going in we realized that for his best bet, as far as getting the education that we knew he needed, it was going to take repetition. And so that's why we do the all year round. Because we knew that if we could have school consistently in his life, that this would dip down on the frustration level for him. Because that way, if, we, if I take three months off, with him and then we come back that means that it could be six to 12 weeks of you know cramming him full of a review material so that he can get back on track so to us it wasn't beneficial to do a full three months off on the summer at all we also found that why take off during the summer it's the hottest part of the year (laughs) everybody is off (laughs) Everybody else is off and they're on vacations and they're at the swimming pool and they're doing all these things. And I'm like, really? Are we really considering taking off during the summer in the hottest part of the year and be miserable for three months just to turn around and have to reteach and review for six to 12 weeks? And it didn't make sense to us. 
So that is why we decided to become all year-round homeschoolers. What exactly does it look like? Well, the calendar goes from January to November, to the end of November. The first of the year all the way to November, or all the way through the end of November, and then he's done for the whole month of December. So here's how the schedule works. We do not school like everybody else does we do not follow the public school calendar learning happens all year long and he gets several breaks so the month of december he's completely off because that's christmas time the week of easter he's off for and not the spring break that the public school gives you he gets the old school easter Easter week off yeah We take off a couple of days in 4th of July, and I'll tell you, that whole week we take off for 4th of July just because of all the people popping off fireworks in our area. I mean, there were days and nights we were up all night with people popping off fireworks, so that's not conducive for learning the next day if that 4th of July falls on a weekday. So that's the reason for 4th of July. We also um, school from 9 to 12 p.m., That's when Jeff is with Joshua. And then I finish up with him at 7 p.m. After I get home from work, he is with me from 7 p.m. for about an hour. He gets every weekend off and some holidays in between, but that depends on his behavior or has been in the past. So we, he does get breaks. It's just not a big chunk of a couple of months off. It's little breaks here and there. We know that he's not going to do well taking off even a month, but we can find ourselves doing December because that way he has finished everything. We feel like by that time one month in December is just enough time to get him back rolling that next January and we don't have to review very much. Well, and if anybody's ever taught public school, they know that the month of December, you might as well hang it up pretty much right before um, Thanksgiving to the end of December. Well, I mean, you're yeah. not getting anything done in the classroom. Yeah. So, so that's going to cover that functional part of the question of how we do it um, when it comes to homeschooling Joshua. And it does take place just in a regular room. I mean, this is not that big of a like a school office or anything no we don't have a special room that joshua goes to there's not it's very i guess eclectic in a way yeah i mean it's our dining room and it converts very quickly back to a dining room into a homeschooling room and he has everything he needs in there there's a board on an easel in there for him to write on there's books their supplies, everything is very portable. I could literally go on vacation with Joshua and take everything that I need with me to teach class in a hotel room is how I have set it up. Just in case anything would happen and I would have to suddenly have to get, have to leave my home, I would still be able to teach my son. And we use a, a curriculum called Seton Homeschool curriculum and in the state it works perfectly because it is a curriculum and it does fit in line with what the state wants for homeschool programs and it's it's a certified program um it's based out of virginia we use it because technically he is um a private school he it's it's a private homeschool program and he is graded for everything that he does 
some of the stuff is graded by us and a lot of the stuff is graded through Seton homeschool study. And so it is technically he's in a private school. And so he is enrolled and he pays tuition. We pay tuition on him every year. So we got around this whole doing it on our own because I work a full-time job and Jeff works a full-time job in the afternoon and has his own business. So we had to figure out a way to make this work so that we could keep Joshua home and homeschool him, but still be able to bring money into the home. So that pretty much takes care of the the when, the where, the what we use. Uh, now we're going to talk about how it's how it works. And I was just going to add as far as Seton, oh. it's a very easy program to use. It's at, uh, you can, if you're interested, it's seatonhome.org. They tell you what to do each day on their curriculums. They, you can decide to go with, you can speed it up or slow it down. You could be maybe in an eighth grade level in math, but in a ninth grade level in English. That's a great each, thing about homeschool. It's at your pace, okay? So if your kid is a little slower in one class and a little faster in another one, there's nobody telling you that you have to be at a certain level. Everybody learns differently. Every child learns differently. So we'll talk about kind of the how here. Let's see. Oh, yes. Basically what happens is because you have that content, sometimes you get finished early. And the great thing about that is me having a master's in ed education, I can pretty much teach him anything that we want him to learn. So we used uh, the last time when we were trying to jam through history, we went through and we gave him two electives. One was uh, YouTube script writing and the other one was art. Yeah. And we really saw him grow through those two classes. Yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. And the grades through Seton are online and there's enough subjects to cover a year or we shorten the days if he runs out of subjects. So if he gets through a subject really quickly, like one year he got he got done with two subjects really fast, spelling, spelling. and one other thing it was. Vocabulary. Vocabulary. He was able to, you know, connect his outside interest to the academic learning he was doing. So like Jeff said, he did art and script writing last year to fill in that hole and that fill up that time that he already whipped through vocabulary and spelling. And it's apparently worked because that's what he's doing on his free time is now he's working on his YouTube channel scripts. So. Yeah, he's working on, he wants to be a YouTuber and an interior designer. And so he's working on his script writing and he's now doing it all the time and he loves it. We encourage that. So the experts say a homeschool autism program is built around just one child's needs and a parent can develop the environment accordingly. Restless children get breaks, and nonverbal children can use their tools. All educational opportunities are focused on the child, so ignoring needs isn't an option. Okay, so right now we're going to kind of switch. We talked about the why, what, where, when, and how it was going. We did want to kind of put in a little commercial for Seton there because we just love that program. The other thing is Joshua went from struggling in third, fourth, and fifth grade where he was going through tutoring all the time. Remember how much tutoring they mm -hmm. had? It? 
And they were just jamming this standardized testing into him. And he went from that and the struggling writer that he was to When he was year. in public school. Yeah, in public You're school. You're talking about when he was in public yeah, school. Yeah. Third, fourth, school. and fifth grade. Yeah. Um, when he got to Seton and we redid fifth grade. We did redid fifth so grade. So he's yeah. in ninth grade now. Yes. And so from fifth grade, starting in Seton and doing that over from public school, from fifth, sixth, and seventh, all the way to eighth grade, we saw him increase his grade levels and get all his work done focused in homeschooling room and he got so much better that he was able to get a Seton Academic Achievement Award for his grades. So we know it works for those kids that need the focus because in the classroom when you're a public schooler and I'll tell you I have been just totally put off with the public school system my and I'll tell you why my son we knew he was having a problem it just constantly at public school seemed to be the trend to constantly want to just drug my son with stimulants Mm -hmm. to keep him focused in the classroom I had one teacher tell me we're to the point of putting two file cabinets in between Joshua and hiding him in the back of the room so that we can get our teaching done And that was the moment, the moment, the day that I said, I am done. And I yanked my kid out of, out of that school. Now I will tell you, it was not easy starting homeschool from public school because we had to, we were going through autism therapy. We were also trying to find what worked for Joshua and it did take a while. It took four years for him to get on track and to get that academic achievement award through Seton. But we did it. And I would never go back to putting him in a public school for any reason at all. There's no reason why any child should have to have that happen to them ever. Yeah, definitely. So the individualized education is, yeah, it's kind of a trial and error type thing. Like we tried some trial things where we did every other day and that, that didn't work. That that was yeah. a disaster. He would forget so quickly. And so we kinda found our way through it, kinda fumbled our way through it. And so he does it every day, like we said, Monday through Friday, and then weekends off. And we did get a lot of stuff we do get a lot of stuff specialized through Satan. He yes. has a lot of computer study time. Um, and they were very accommodating with us as far as his handwriting. It didn't matter how much handwriting we did with him. Because was whatever was going on at public school, he he missed the, the handwriting <laughs> portion of, of first through fifth grade. I'm not really sure what happened, but when we got him in fifth grade, they sent his handwriting books home, and it just wasn't getting any better no matter what we did. And so finally... I called Seat and I said, can he please write his reports on the computer and type them out? And they were so accommodating to us and said, yes, we are fine with you doing that. And, and they were very good about that. Now, every student that has special needs is welcome to special services with Seton. And they are very accommodating, like I said. Joshua would get all his needs met. If there was a test that had too much information on it, they would scale it down for us. If he wasn't doing real good on a library book, they would switch out the book that he was going to do his report on. They'd let us grade our side on participation and life skill sets. 
anything else, they would grade for us. And they, when they would grade and send the work back to us, they would tell us exactly what Joshua needed to work on so that we knew how to help him. They'd even write little... great job <laughs> keep up the good work so it Very was just like being in school but it was more a positive experience than it was a negative one and josh was not thumb off he's very much thumb on if you just let him go and you're not next to him he won't do anything yeah so, so this was perfect for us now joshua does get a five minute break in between subjects and he all and that's every subject that's even in music so and yes they have music then arts i mean it's up to you what you want your child to learn it's your decision you are the parent and he makes sure he gets it too he makes sure he knows i'm getting my five minutes because five minutes is a long time when you've been in a class for an hour or you've been in a math course an hour and that math is just drilling you drilling you and drilling you (laughs) drilling you're like i need my five minutes now if he acts up during a subject and breaks a rule then we take off a minute here or a couple there, minutes, or a couple of minutes, or five minutes, and then he has to have what's called the powwow, which I think you've talked yeah, about. Yeah, we talked that about before. that last in time. Another, um, in another podcast, we talked about the powwow. We have to talk out the behavior and discuss what are you doing and why are you doing it and how can you fix it. Yeah, it's pretty much simple like it's, that. But it's pretty much his curriculum, and he gets to choose what he does on his break. And he's done this. He's he's been doing this since fifth grade. So So as far as individualized around Joshua's needs, we can put a little check mark by that because yeah, as far as the experts are concerned, I would agree with them that we're we have been able to produce a curriculum that is around his needs. Yeah. Yeah. Now um we were gonna look at some other advice from the experts and One of the experts say worried parents may also appreciate the opportunity for enhanced protection. Growing children can be cruel, and for those with autism, each day in class can be a blur of bullying and teasing. Keeping the child home means reducing exposure to these traumatic experiences, and for some parents, that's incredibly valuable, and for us, it was. Oh, yes. My son was bullied on a playground and pushed on a uh, a walk across or a walkway and there was a young boy up there that would not let would not get out of the way and would not move and joshua got knocked down and hurt he also got trampled on a bus one time he was that was daycare that was daycare after school on a bus and I know there's a lot of parents out there who are like, okay, my kid has autism. He may be nonverbal. He may have social skills issues that aren't going to fit in with the classroom. Um, I'm going to be worried all day how my kid is doing. And that is a, a reason to be concerned because Joshua didn't have his social skills down. Nope. He was still having trouble in fifth grade with social skills. Yep. With saying the wrong things. Yes. Or blurting out loud things that were inappropriate. Because we had known back then that he was autistic until fifth grade. And so we were hearing a lot of, well, he's saying things inappropriately. He's touching somebody inappropriately. He's blurting out in the classroom. He needed to be out of public school so that he could figure out how to be social in an appropriate setting. Now, my 15-year-old is, you know, he's now 15, and he does know what is socially acceptable or not. But he's chosen not to go back to public school. 
there's really no reason to go back and 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 do that. And it was tra- he remembers everything that happened before fifth grade. He so does. He's very traumatic. It's very it was traumatic very traumatic for him for him to even. I mean, he, he lets us into more and more of every it each day. day. Yeah, every We're day. Like, Whoa, you didn't tell us this. Yeah. <laughs> And you don't know what your kids are telling you and not telling you when it comes to what is happening at school. The pros, individualized education, it did fit Joshua's needs. And we do feel with all the school shootings especially that that Joshua is in a more protected environment. As a former school public teacher, year-round school, wow, it's been a night and day experience. I keep each day hearing more and more about the name calling, the bullying that was going on in a public school setting, especially with all these dangers today. I'm telling you, it's just worth it just to know that your child is in your house and he's safe. That I'm very passionate about that because I think that you should be safe when you get educated. So now we're going to look at the expert criticisms of homeschooling autistic kids year-round. And one of those was reduced income. A child with autism can't study independently. Most need their parents to stay with them around the clock to manage lessons and answer questions. One parent must consider the work of a full-time job. That it's the work of a full-time job. Yeah, it does feel like that sometimes. With Joshua, it's not a sit-and-get kind of person. You can't just leave him alone. (laughs) Because I'm telling you, he'll, he he'll get will distracted. get on Roblox, YouTube, he'll get on his phone, he'll be distracted. So he really does need us to be thumb, thumb, on. thumb on. You're going to have to be constantly checking on him to make sure that he's on task. Or he'll just lose focus and distraction. So he's not yet an independent learner. He's not an independent learner. I don't know learner. if he'll ever be an independent learner, even when he goes to college to do, do credit. I don't know. We may be always having to help Joshua. Yeah, we just school. don't know. We just don't know. It's a great experiment. Yeah. So, yes, this has caused us to sacrifice financial living with living here with my parents. But in a way, we're both, as far as our living situation, living here with my parents, we're both benefiting yeah, at this time. It's symbiotic. It's yeah. symbiotic, and it has worked out really well for all five of us to be here at the home. Joshua's getting time with his grandparents. I'm getting to help out my parents. They're helping us out so that we can continue to live and be able to be home with Joshua. Now, we both work. Jeff and I both work. We we gave up our home and came to live here, and That's we what saw what was going on in the public school system, yeah. and we were like, we made the sacrifice. We came to mom and dad and said, "How can we make this work for Joshua?" And this is what we want to do, and they were very much on board, mm-hmm. and have been ever since. All you want to do is pull your children home. Yeah. And so we are making it work. And it just happened that housing went up. Yeah. I mean, we're both working. It's a perfect storm. Yeah, I mean, we're both working. <laughs> we're both bringing in money into the home. But with the housing going up, it was like, it's impossible to get a home anyways. So this worked out. My parents are getting older. And so, you know, to be here is, is a relief for everybody, for us to be here. So it works out for us. It doesn't always work for everybody. If you're a mom that can stay home, that's great. If you're not a mom that can stay home and maybe you can figure out how to still homeschool your children, you know, anything is possible. You just have to get creative and really think about it if you really want it. Cons that we've gone over so far is reduced income. 
Uh, they did talk a little bit about high parent responsibility. And I know what they're talking about there. There's a lot of responsibility on the parent. I don't feel that personally because I kind of got jazzed as a teacher anyway. So it's just part of my nature to want to teach and to see those moments of seeing him light up when he does learn something or come out of the blue with something that we learned and I didn't even remember it, you know. Mm -hmm. So it kind of fits because... I have a job that I love to do. I'm building that business. And then I also have this thing I love to do with my son, which really helps us bond. And I will tell you, um, when Jeff was a public school teacher, um, our first couple of years of marriage, we didn't see each other. It was not good. It was, Jeff was upstairs on the weekends creating curriculum and me downstairs watching movies all day and not doing a lot and just taking care of the home when we had a home of our own that was ours. And then we got pregnant with Joshua and Jeff was still teaching and Jeff missed out a couple of years of his life. So I kind of caught that back. (laughs) Yeah, so now he's being able, it was kind of like a blessing. It was. That everything happened the way it did. And we'll talk about our our situation more in another podcast, podcast. but it was a blessing that Jeff was able to have his master's degree in education and that we were able to still utilize it, but for our son. And Jeff gave up teaching, and I'm going to tell you, it's the same old mantra. He gave up teaching because it was killing him, literally killing him. Um, And we had some people that just didn't understand why Jeff left the teaching you know, left education. Well, he left education because it's hard. It's hard to be a public school teacher. And now he gets to do the two things that he loves the most, educate his son and be a writer and a content marketer and a copywriter and have his own business. And so that's what he does. And that's what brings him joy. And I have the peace of mind knowing that Joshua is home and he's safe. And he does get to go and do all kinds of activities with the homeschooling co-op. And it's not like he's at home all day and he's a hermit and never gets out and visits anybody. (laughs) He goes to swimming with his teen friends. He's got mowed pizza. Mod pizza, I think that's what Joshua's. Mod pizza's coming up this week with his teen friends. He's in a bowling. He has a little teen bowling team that he's with. He gets to go bowl with his friends on Monday. So it's not like... Don't think that he's at home just sitting like a hermit, never leaving the house, and all he does is watch TV and get on his laptop because that's not the case. He gets to do a lot of activities during the week that bring him a lot of joy, and he gets to make plenty of friends. So you're just doing great as far as the cons. Look at this. <laughs> high, res- high parent responsibility, con one. Reduced income, con two. Con three, motivational levels for both the student and the parent. Yeah. That's considered a con because you have to come up with it yourself. Uh, social deprivation. Wow, what a word. Yeah. yeah social deprivation. So now, that means children in a classroom are surrounded by peers. Children at home are not. Homeschooling parents can use community learning projects. We use the zoo, the museum. We use outdoor events when it's not blistering hot outside <laughs> and you're going to melt. But during the holidays, there are plenty of things to do during Christmas time and Thanksgiving. And there's 
there's got to be somebody who has a pool somewhere that will uh, open their home up. Thank you, Vanessa. <laughs> we love you. Uh, you know who you are. And uh, we have bowling and all kinds of activities that homeschooling kids can do. They're not, like I said, at home alone. Okay? It's to help children leave the house and commune with others. And it's normally with other homeschooling families that are like-minded and believe in what you're doing is right for their your children and theirs. Trips taken during the school day ensure that students see only adults, not their peers. Social skills can lapse without a concerted effort. Well, I don't agree with that. Sometimes when you take trips during the school day, they see all kinds of people. Yeah, but in public school, remember they were constantly taking him all these places and going out of the out oh, of yeah. the class and so then coming back to, I was going thinking, to see fireman george oh, and yeah. then coming back thinking, to the class one time he went to something that had to do with snakes and i was thinking <laughs> okay my kid is not in the classroom learning anything but he's seeing some snakes <laughs> so you've taken him out of his environment in his in his public school and you're supposed to be teaching him but now all you've done is put him in an environment where he's very uncomfortable and now you want to bring him back to the classroom and get him to wind back down so that you can teach him if you're gonna do a homeschooling day where you are going to take your child for an event either make that event after homeschooling's over for us it's from 9 to 12 so, Mo Pizza is at, what, 11, I think, or 12 that day. That's yeah, not so a we're problem gonna have for to Joshua. The, so. We're going to have to bring it up where it be a 7 to 10. Or, yes, yeah. because that way so Joshua can get, can get his education in the morning and then go and have his social time in the afternoon. Because once I get him home from pizza time, I'm not going to get to be able to sit him down and say, learn. And so that's what was happening in public school is that he would go to see the snakes or the firemen or have some assembly about this or that or the other. And then they take him back to class an hour later and goes, okay, we need you to focus on math now. Really? (laughs) Math should have happened in the morning, by the way. I suggest everybody do math in the morning. Yeah, we do it the first. (laughs) That's the first. You take all the hard ones out first, but that's me rambling on and going down the rabbit hole. But, yeah. That idea of legal oversight was another one, but we haven't really had that problem in Texas with homeschool. Mm -mm. Homeschool in Texas is very, very simple. You just have to have a curriculum. It has to teach some kind of citizenship, which ours has religion, so that's cool. And then it has to have reading, writing, math, and I think that's it. Yeah, because the legal oversight says in some states, parents must prove that they are teaching their children properly. Missing even one set of documents can come with severe consequences, but here in Texas, that's not the case, like you said. We haven't had any issue with that. We have little, very little guidelines. I mean, they just basically want you to teach citizenship, the core reading, writing, and math subjects. Have a bona fide curriculum. Bonafide. And the state will be happy with you, okay? Now, we did join a legal homeschooling organization at first. Mm -hmm. That way, if anyone objected what we had backed up, but no one has ever questioned us. And when we found out that Seton was a certified program and it was a private Catholic homeschooling program, I knew that I wouldn't need any more legal, I wouldn't need the legal homeschooling organization. I literally get a letter from my 
from Seton that says your child is enrolled enrolled in a certified educational program. So, but as far as the state is concerned, because there was that ruling Arlington versus whoever. Leaper. Uh, Leaper. Yeah, Yeah. Leaper. That any home school is considered a private school. Yeah. So it's a very lenient state. Yeah. So knowledge gaps. Last criticism. The last criticism. Some students with autism are quite bright and they may know more, much more than the parents about specific topics. For example, your child may have a lifelong obsession with prime numbers. During math units, you may find it hard to add to that knowledge base. Midnight cramming sessions could be your new normal. <laughs> no, not, not didn't find that to happen. We did not find that to be the case. Seton's curriculum is very, very rigorous. Yes. Yes, and uh, I guess eighth grade is where it just, at the end of eighth grade, we went into ninth, they started mm-hmm. simplifying it, but man, that was some rigorous curriculum. Now, we'll say this about Jeff and math with Joshua, is that you're doing the math with your child, and I promise you, when you start doing the math, you're <laughs> going to get really good at math again. Yeah. Really good. And so anytime somebody spouts off any kind of kind of math stuff, Jeff is right there. Bam, he's got it because he's been doing it every day. He's been training his brain with Joshua about the math. So he's got it down packed. Now, there is some things that come along that are new. Every day is a new day. It's got new math, but Jeff's working with them they're figuring out the problems together together (laughs) so you're gonna be learning how to do math again at 45 or 50 or 30 or 35 whatever your age is and when you start homeschooling with your child as we talked about it's one of those things where it's what works for you if you like this advice as far as the two, I mean, like there's only two pros that they give you, but, and there's all these cons. If these cons are not cons to you, then I, they would be your pros. Right. And those two, just the individualized experience that he has and the enhanced protection, knowing he's safe in yeah. his bedroom each day and we know exactly where he is and he's not going to be, you know, on the news for yeah. one reason or another. Absolutely. I mean, here in Forney, we've had problems with abuse. We've had problems with violence. It's just not... It's not for us. Not and for we're us. okay with that. Now, we'll say that this homeschool, our home school experience, that we'll know how well it worked when he passes his entrance exams, entrance exams, sorry, for community college. Because we want him to get into dual credit in the next year or two. Junior year. Yes. Yes. So there's always this whisper in the back of your mind that you're not doing enough, but you are doing enough. If you're working with your child every day, it is enough. Even if it's one hour, if it's five hours, whatever you can do, you need to do. But you're still working with them and you're doing the best that you can. So don't beat yourself up and don't put all this pressure on yourself that you're not doing enough. And we really got a glimpse of how successful we were uh, the other day, Jennifer got this beautiful homemade 
Mother's back Day in May, card. Yeah, yeah back, back in, in May. May. And then in June, he did one for me. And Jennifer said, do you remember what you said after I got that card? I said, oh my gosh, Joshua, that was so articulately written and designed flawlessly on the computer. And it was his words to us. And we knew at that moment we were, we were doing our best. Because it was written in a way that an adult with very good writing skills, we knew that we were doing our job as parents when we read our our cards. Now, he stayed up till 2 a.m. to finish yours. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But he used his autism superpower for his card. He went in there. He put his feelings out on paper. Everything was written correctly. Everything was spelled correctly. It was beautiful. I wish I had it. It's put away, but... It's up there, but it would take me forever to get it down. But in the next podcast, I want to read to you guys, um, and I'll try to remember on the next part. I want to read the card to you guys word for word so that you can hear the articulation going on with this autistic child. Ninth grade. Ninth grade. I don't think I've ever had a child that I know of write a card the way this card was written. And so that brings us to why is it? so successful or why it has been so successful and to be honest with you it was something that we kind of fell into and that's going to be our next podcast so have a great week everybody Um, we'll get to that episode and tell you about that and remember if you have any comments or suggestions you can shoot us an email at email teachersun at gmail.com Be sure and like the podcast and and tell a friend.